Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, today we uh, are going continuously into the rabbit hole <laughs> of early 80s, um, I would say somewhat obscure films. Yeah. I've had my eye on this movie that we're doing today for quite some time. It also happened to be recommended by listeners Tanya and uh, someone behind the moniker Chiller Theater. The name of the movie is Superstition from 1982. It's an unrated horror movie that was mostly direct-to-video. I think it was done in 1981 and uh, had a brief theatrical release in 1982 in Italy uh, around the same time in Los Angeles, I believe, maybe a couple years later, and then went straight to video. And apparently had quite a following in the UK. And then got another theatrical release after the success of its video release, I think, there. Which is weird. That hardly ever happens. Yeah, 1985, right? The movie was sold to me pretty heavily. Uh, it wasn't just um, these two people who requested it, but I was reading about it on some horror sites, and I acquired it some time ago, and I'd been been on my list for quite a while. It was spoken quite highly of as being this cool mashup of a like a giallo with slasher sensibilities from the early 80s and really gory and really creepy and unsettling. Yeah, so <laughs> it was sure something. That's for sure. <laughs> so I had never heard of it. Uh, and like the box art didn't look familiar at all. No. Um, I looked at I looked at the cast list. Nobody. There's one person in the whole movie that I recognize from something. Justin, right? The little kid? The kid. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you knew that. He played like the annoying younger brother in a lot of things in the 80s. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Uh, he was in um, just one of the guys <laughs> that like yes. the one where the, the really hot chick dressed up as a guy in her high school. That was he was in that. He was good. That was on TV a lot. Uh huh. Mm. So I recognized him, but that was that was pretty much it. But I was looking forward to it because I, you know, I, I try not to read too much about these things before we actually watch them, especially if I don't know much about them. I prefer to kind of go in blind. But I did read the, uh, like, viewer reviews on IMDb, and they're glowing. Like, these are glowing reviews about how this is, you know... Uh, a forgotten gem of 80s horror and like this is 80s horror done right and i can't believe more people don't know about this movie i don't get it <laughs> oh, i don't i don't trust anything on the internet anymore like <laughs> every time we go down these rabbit holes with these supposed forgotten gems it gets baffling and then we'll find some movie that's got mixed reviews and we absolutely love it so yeah. maybe we're just outside the pulse of <laughs> of mainstream society or something because I found this movie to be weird and hokey and pedestrian and almost boring at times. Yeah, it was boring. I really didn't enjoy it at all. It was really kind of stupid um, and it felt long and it's not long. It's only an hour and 25 minutes long. Oh man, but it sure felt longer than that. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. This one's going to be a tough one because I don't like. I almost felt like nothing really happens. Well, um, I guess people die, but it's yeah. it's it's a haunted house, and you get a little bit of you know eventually a little bit of backstory, which is a fine backstory. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, nothing particularly unique or original, and you do get. A relatively, I suppose, kind of creative kill every ten minutes or so, but that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's there's not there's not really much notable to say about it. It's so 
God, I don't know. Like nobody involved in this movie except for that Justin kid is really known for much of anything. The director, James W. Robertson, didn't do much. No, he did like three other movies. The director did a lot he, and continues to do a lot of work in cinematography. Like That's true. Ca- That's true. Camera work. Mm. Um, but yeah, he only directed a few other things. And some of the, like, the guy who's the lead guy, I guess, uh, James Houghton, was in soaps and, like, nighttime soaps uh, in the 80s. And the guy that plays the dad of the family that moves into the house, um, he had done quite a bit. There was, I don't know, a couple of things I recognized him from. But, yeah, pretty much everybody else... Mm, not much uh, going on. Not that that matters. I mean, no, it doesn't. No, it it typically doesn't matter. And that, right. And that's, that's par for the course with these types of eighties movies, which is why I was surprised because you say, you know, maybe we're, we don't have our finger on the pulse. No, this should be right up our alley. You know, this should be exactly the kind of thing that we usually really enjoy and really enjoy talking about. We of all people, are incredibly nostalgic for 80s horror. Yeah. And, and we, we do it all the time. We talk about it all the time. We, some of our most fun episodes have been talking about these kind of movies, but this one just doesn't... Like I said, there's just nothing particularly interesting to say about it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not so bad it's good. It's not so no, good it's... No, sadly. Yeah, there aren't any, like, standout performances or, okay, it's a, you know, we've done a couple movies where, okay, it's a terrible movie, but it's worth it alone for this scene. No, there, there's nothing like that here. I, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. I, I, I want, you know, I, I try to be a positive person. I like to have positive things to say about things, but I just, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't even know where to start here. Yeah. I don't want to say it doesn't have focus. It just doesn't... F- like you said earlier, there's not a lot happening. I mean, I feel like a lot's happening, but there's not really a bulk behind it. It's like a skeleton of a plot without much hanging on it. I, I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, it's like there is a plot. There's a backstory. I mean, I feel like on page, this had some promise. It's like one of those horrors that's kind of rooted in history. This this witch from 8, 1692, you know, who was put to death and... Not wrongfully, though. Not you know, even, right, I mean, not wrongfully, yeah. Not wrongfully, put to death by a priest and kind of condemned to this this pond. <laughs> yeah. Not a lake, you know, not an ocean, but a pond, which, all right, I'm sure we'll get to all this later, but I have so many questions about the backstory behind this movie. And then, uh, you know, modern day, there's like house upon house upon house upon house that's built on this land, and each, you know, it seems to be cursed land. Because yeah, everybody dies. Everybody dies all the time, yet people still want to move in. <laughs> Stop still, building houses there. Right? I know. Like, it's like, what is wrong with you? Owned by a church by now. And it's almost like an afterthought. They're like, oh, yeah, we have this house. We almost forgot we own it. What went on there? Oh, there was a murder it's... there, Inspector, last uh, last week or yesterday. Oh, shit. We, thanks for telling us. <laughs> it's going to go into foreclosure if we don't do something about it. And and if we don't do something about it, it's going to get torn down. Who cares? Nobody, like, <laughs> only a couple of old freaks live over there anyway. And, like, you're not doing anything with it. Let it go. What is, I don't, what's the point? Stupid. It's so, so silly. Like you said, on paper, I think it could be okay. In fact, I read that eventually, or eventually, originally, it was much simpler in scope. Like, uh, it was just a, a story about a family 
who moves into a house that's haunted by a witch. That's it. Then they added some other characters. Like they added the character of there's this mute that like is the caretaker's son or something. Oh I don't know. boy. Um, I don't know. They added his character. I don't know why, because you could excise his character from the movie entirely and lose nothing. Well, it's almost like the movie has already excised his character. Like we're introduced to him and then he's completely insignificant. Even when he comes in at the end, it doesn't even yeah. matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It makes absolutely no difference. He's kind of a red herring, but not even really. And then there's this little girl, Mary character who keeps popping up randomly and for no reason like <laughs> i have no idea i still have no idea what her significance is to this story well i i do because it's revealed at the end is it's it? dumb oh, okay so anyway what i was what i was getting at was this could it's very much in the same vein as the amityville horror in fact that would be the movie that i would compare it the most too mm. because it doesn't really pull any punches uh, it is pretty gory and pretty much everybody dies including the kid which doesn't happen a lot yeah that was surprising yeah uh-huh and uh so you know it, it's similar in that way it even has kind of some similarities with uh poltergeist um, and maybe even, like, I was kind of, the feel of it, the feel of the movie, except for the gore, which is fairly graphic, it almost felt kind of like a, a the Watcher in the Woods kind of deal. Witchy house. Mm, you're right, because the old lady. Right, and it, it just kind of had that feel to the cinematography of it. But I liked all of those movies. And I didn't like this one. <laughs> I felt it also had sort of giallo aspirations. It was almost, in a way, plot-wise, almost as baffling as your typical Italian giallo movie is. There's a plot there, and you can kind of discern it, but it doesn't always make a lot of sense. And there's incredible leaps of logic that characters are able to make in interesting ways. And it's going for style. I, I, can, tell I can say that the director definitely was going for something fairly stylish, I think. Some of the cinematography in here is, is spooky, or at least trying to be spooky. There's a lot of POV shots that could be creepy, but they really aren't. And there's some special effects work in here that's trying really hard. Like what? I don't even know what you're talking about, because... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just watched it today. I just watched it a few hours ago, and I don't I, I don't remember anything about it because I was bored. I, yeah. Well, I thought early in the movie, when, when you kind of don't know what's going on, there's a lot of POV stuff of somebody creeping. You know, it's it's obviously like somebody's creeping around, and you po that pops in and out. And then toward the end of the movie, when the witch kind of manifests herself, you never really see her, but there's a lot of no. smoke and a lot of shadows and yeah, creepy, silhouette. you know, long fingernails and hands and stuff. And I thought fairly interesting camera angles, though nothing that really calls too much attention to itself, which is sometimes good. It was very, you know, it was lit in spooky ways and, and you know, beams of light here and there and blues and reds and stuff. But ultimately, I guess, like you, I was just kind of bored with it. So none of that really mattered because I didn't care what really what was going on after a while. It just, no. it was like somebody was telling me, narrating a story to me, uh -huh. you know, and I'm just watching the plot unfold. But, uh... That's about it. I wasn't very emotionally invested in it. No. 
No, and it's and it's not scary. Like no, sadly, no. I didn't think it was scary at all. I mean, it's a little bit. People certainly die, um, and there's blood, and like some of that is violent. Like one girl gets her head like nailed to the ground. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> her eye with a giant wooden spike and a hammer. Yeah, I mean that. And it's and it doesn't pull too many punches on that either. No, but uh, no, so it is. I mean, there is that violence and and stuff. But just the story isn't even really all that interesting. Like it, it opens on this. I say spooky old house, kind of. It just looks like an old abandoned house. There's not really anything all that yeah. spooky about it. It's well, big. it's not even that spooky. It's a weird house too, right? It's it's very almost kind of modern looking. It seems kind of modern. Uh-huh. There's one point where the mom comes from the upstairs to the downstairs and she like the stairwell is huge. Like I was like, "What is this? It looks like a stairwell in a castle or but very like 80s modern. Yeah, cuz the walls are like uh, smooth marble up and down with no decoration on them at all. Just like a sconce here and there. It almost reminded me of a mausoleum, like a mausoleum in a way. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know if that was what they were like kind of going for. But then you come to the kitchen and it's this tiny little kitchen you'd find in like a very small, like colonial American house. It's really bizarre, actually. I have no right. I have no idea if this is true because there's really not. I, I couldn't find much information about this movie or the production or anything. But I almost got the sense that they just found a location and just kind of built the script around it. Like that's why yeah. they had to say, "Oh, lots of houses have been built here, but um, all of the people <laughs> died and all of the houses were destroyed because it's not an old fan. You know, like it's not a yeah. traditional old spooky house. It's just some random." modern house much more interesting houses have been built here in the past yeah. but we're sadly <laughs> stuck with this not spooky very modern house <laughs> that's exactly right and it, it starts out so this couple is uh, parked apparently this is a makeout spot god there uh at some no point uh, why. The, the inspector there's an inspector at some point the cop is like explaining what happened because these kids uh, the kids who um, were parked there making out, I don't think they get killed. It's a prank. A couple of guys, young guys. Charlie and Artie. Charlie and Artie, they're playing a prank, and you know they like toss some dummies at this car to scare these kids out or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then they are both looking around the house, and <laughs> um, Artie <laughs> gets killed by a microwave ghost. <laughs> so weird. Artie's walking around. He's creeping around in the house. Well, well, Charlie's out in the bushes. He throws like a dummy at the kids in the car. And I guess Artie's task is to scream and wail like a witch from the inside the house itself. Because then he kind of wanders downstairs and the house is just full of junk. And the kitchen, Uh there's just a microwave sitting there. It turns on. The door opens. And then some kind of unseen force throws him at the ceiling and he falls down. And then we cut to Charlie, who's like, Artie, Artie, where are you? And he probes around through the house for a while. And there's these POV shots, like somebody's looking at them. There might have been a jump scare too in there. I kind of thought, I mean, you know, I was I was willing to go with the movie at this point. It wasn't unlike a lot of other openings for other more promising films. Then he goes into that room, and of course, uh, Artie is nowhere to be seen. But the microwave lights up, and you see something's in the microwave. The microwave door swings open, and Artie's head is inside there, and it explodes. 
And it explodes. <laughs> so Charlie runs while the witch laughs ominously. At this point, we don't know it's a witch. I don't think. I don't know. But it's like a woman's no. laughter. Who knows? Um, and then he tries to go out the window, and he's trying to raise the window, but it won't raise. So instead, the upper pane comes down, and he starts to climb through that, but then it starts to raise again and literally cuts him in half. That was kind of cool. I like that. I was down with this. It was kind of cool. And like one of the one of the reviews I read was like I knew in the first 10 minutes that, you know, they weren't going to pull any punches and that this was going to be an awesome ride. Well, yeah, okay, I'll give it that. This opening sequence was okay. Like uh-huh. nothing spectacular, but it was all right. Uh, it it could have been good from there, but really no. So then we meet um, Reverend David, who is tasked with taking care of the Sharak or Shadrach or whatever place it's called. And we hear that lots of houses have been built there. And the inspector, I don't even know what his name is. I just called him the inspector because he's always around. He's this older guy. Inspector Sturgis and his trusty right-hand man, Jack Hollister. Yeah. Yeah. And Inspector Sturgis is like uh, telling the priest about this place and he's like you also have standing water on the property black pond kids like to skinny dip there at midnight and sometimes they drown inspector the property is posted against trespassing uh, it really doesn't matter it's a makeout place it always has been i got my first uh never mind <laughs> <laughs> well, can i also ask you i mean come on this takes place in the u.s right I don't know. Where in the United States have we ever called police detectives inspectors? I don't know. Isn't that a British thing? Inspector so-and-so from somewhere? I guess. I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like all the guys in the the Giallo movies are inspector somebody. Maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, what? Like, and the the thing is, like, I usually take way too many notes. I take pages and pages of notes, then I don't even look at them. I have like half a page of notes on here because hardly anything happens. I had to have a lot of notes just to keep track of all the characters because we're introduced to a lot of people. Really kind quickly, of. Well, and I was trying really hard to keep their names. There's Arlen, the mute guy, who is, I guess, the son of the caretaker. But the caretaker is this little old woman who just stays. Her name's Elvira, and she's this creepy, weird-looking old lady who really never leaves her shack so i don't know what kind of caretaker she is (laughs) she's a pretty shitty caretaker yeah the place is in complete disrepair so to call her the caretaker is a little bit misleading but whatever that's what they call her and arlen's her kid who's a mute and doesn't talk to anybody just runs away when anybody tries to talk to him or whatever some investigator is like standing on the dock at the pond and for unexplained reasons all the change falls out of his pants like through his pop, down his, his pant leg what was that about? i have no idea like the ghost pulled a thread or something Did he have a sudden hole break open in his pocket oh god i don't know, <laughs> I know. but he bends over to pick it up and then he gets pulled into the pond yeah david david says he's talking to the inspector because they're just always there. That's the other thing that bothers me. Yes. Like eventually eventually they move a family into this house, but Father David and the inspector and the cops are always there. Like they're there all, every day, all the time. Are they moving in too? <laughs> all day every day. All day and all night every day they are there. It doesn't make any sense. Also, this pond, it's it's a tiny little pond. Like back in 1692 or whatever I, god this pond is probably should have been all dried up by now or at least dried up you know 15 20 times over the ensuing you know 
300 years or so. So it's kind of silly when you see the size of this thing, but it's got a little dock on it for tiny little boats <laughs> to like paddle three paddles and get to the other side. It's really kind of lame. And then, you know, they're, so they're all kind of around the pond and David's like, I guess they can't find this guy in this tiny little pond. Because he got pulled in. Did we say that? Something reaches out of the pond and pulls him in. Yeah, that's right. So they know he's fallen into the pond. They know he's presumably dead, but they can't find him. So David's like, I'm going to drain the pond. And later, a scene or two later, the inspector kind of chastises him for his his shitty pumping equipment or not having enough (laughs) funds, like not spending the church funds on adequate pumping equipment. (laughs) Like, What are they supposed to stock a water pump like something yeah something is <laughs> i know he says it's like you know it keeps it keeps getting clogged with silt or something i'm like oh it must be a ghost silt or something so apparently the police the police and nobody else has any uh you know resources to pump this tiny ass pond or get it down in there to drag up whatever body might be in there but they do find a big cross in there yeah they find this cross in there. it ends up being important later on i didn't even write it down at first i'm like who cares so what like, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy you found trash in the pond congratulations woohoo mm. but then this that priest who's like chastising him or whatever they walk into another room where i guess there's construction going on like why they are renovating this crappy house i, I don't know whatever but there's construction going on and something that doesn't happen happens like <laughs> like some guys cutting boards with a circular saw <laughs> and the blade of the circular saw just comes off but continues spinning at maximum velocity and goes all the way like it 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 hits this priest in the chest shoots him back into a chair and then continues to saw completely through his body yeah. before coming to a stop as it drops to the floor at the end. What? And nobody thinks that this is weird. Yeah. Like, it, nobody <laughs> even really comments about it. Nobody like, even... it just happens and it's over and then carry on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, that terrible accident with that priest. Like, what? This is like some weird supernatural shit. Also, they don't care. David meets this little girl, Mary. She's just this little blonde girl in white. That's it. She just pops up every once in a while. That's all. They don't care either. They don't know where she came from. They don't question it. No, and she, like, when he meets her, he's like, he said, do you live here? Like, no. You would obviously know she doesn't live there, you (laughs) idiot. But but she's like, no, I used to live here. He's like, okay, well, just hang out, I guess. Like, (laughs) whatever. And then they just don't pay any attention to him. Okay, so then they move in this family. It's the Leahy family. And the dad, I guess, is also a minister, though they never make any mention of that again. But I, the only reason I know is because he's listed as Reverend something in the cast list. But anyway, the dad is George. The mom's Melinda. They have two teenage daughters, Anne and Cheryl, a blonde and a brunette. Mm-hmm. And then the the son, Justin, who is that kid from the 80s that I recognize. He's really young here. I don't know that I'd ever necessarily seen him this young. Uh-huh. But then there's like an inspector or something. I don't even... <sighs> I swear, I had to keep going back and rewinding this. I think because I really wasn't paying attention because I was just bored. Uh, but I don't even know what happened. Like, this inspector is down in the basement or something, and then all of a sudden he falls into a shaft and gets hung? What is this? Is it like an elevator shaft? Is it a dumbwaiter shaft? There's some elevator shaft. They refer to it as an elevator shaft. I don't know why there's an elevator in this, in this house. Two-story house that they don't use. And why it extends down... In the basement, it goes down and not up. <laughs> so I don't know where it's yeah. going. 
but he, he he pops his head into it, and then suddenly, I think it's like the cables jut out and wrap around his neck and pull him in, or he gets caught up in the cables and hung. And at the same time, Justin, the the boy, come kind of comes in. I think he hears something. Kind of comes in to see what's up, and he walks around and. He doesn't find anything, but he doesn't find the guy either. But Mary comes up behind him and says hi and then leaves again. And then uh, we, we we cut back to the pond and the girls are swimming in there. It's the blonde girl. She's in the water. The other girl's Cheryl is sunning herself and she starts screaming in the water and says, something's got my foot. Somebody's got my foot. And David's there, too. And the inspector's there. They're all just hanging out. Of course he is. <laughs> then he pulls her out and... There's a severed hand attached to her leg, like it tried to grab. Right, which I guess was the hand of the guy that got pulled into the pond. Mm. But they dragged the pond and never found him. I guess. Which is also unexplained. God, what else? So then Inspector Sturgis tells David about the Montclair family who used to live there. (laughs) Just out of nowhere. Like, this is just random exposition. Oh, by the way, this other family lived here, but they all died. (laughs) One of them was hung, and one of them got spiked to the attic floor, and one of them was just torn apart. Just so you know. (laughs) I mean... Right. They never talk about it again. <laughs> I, I guess maybe it's foreshadowing because one of them gets their head spiked to the attic floor later. I don't know. God. Uh-huh. So and then for for reasons that I don't understand, the girl who almost drowned is sleeping in her bed when she all of a sudden has visions of all of the murders that have happened that we've seen so far. She has visions of them. Plus, I think she also has some visions of the past. But that just randomly happens. And then Justin... Justin finds the dead guy in the basement and presumably gets killed. Like, I mean, he is. He's dead because the only time we see him again is later when we see his body. Um, but I don't think we really saw what happened to him. I feel like he just gets grabbed well, it, or something. Yeah, kinda, he kind of gets grabbed and then he goes missing. And then it seems like their new task is to find Justin and where the heck he went. But also, like, there's a scene where George, who has a baffling role in this, he just kind of wanders around in sort of a semi-dazed stupor. Yeah. Like he's not even engaged in life. It's so weird. And he wanders into the basement and he pulls out a bottle and starts drinking from it. You know, actually, this is before Justin disappears, but Justin interrupts him and he kind of hides it. And then he goes upstairs and we see the bottle ominously, you know, tip over of its own accord and spill out the liquor. Again, all this doesn't end up meaning anything. No. Except that, ooh, the house is spooky, right? Then I think it's uh, David is talking to the lady uh, next door. Elvira, the caretaker, yeah. And she's real, being really cagey about everything. He asked for the history of the house. and Do you know where your son is? I told you, he is lost to me forever. You say that as if you think he's dead. He is in a secret place his father knew. And his father and his. He protects his mistress who dominates him. His mistress? He guards her, protects her cruelties, her leavings. He guards you against her. Oh, my God. I missed all of this. He, oh, God. I missed all that. So is the, is the suggestion then that that mute guy is working for the witch? Uh, I guess that would kind of make sense, ultimately. Is she is she the mistress? Now that you mention it, it might be. Oh, it, but she, she says he's being held there by his mistress, but he's also guarding them from her. And Hollister just kind of dismisses her as a loony and walks off. It's all kind of a very stagey 
dumb interaction, really. It is. It's dumb. I mean, it, like, she literally is, like, hanging out the window of her cottage. Like, <laughs> right. it's just dumb. And uh, she she says she used to only be able to come out at night, but they removed the cross from the pond, so now she can come out whenever she wants. Okay, who cares? Like, <laughs> what a stupid plot point. Like, why do we need to know that? Whatever, she's out. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but but she tells David, you must complete the ritual with fire. Okay. Like, yeah. what ritual, lady? Like, if, if you've got something to say, just spit it out. Well, she does. <laughs> you don't have to- she does tell David to check the archives of St. Luke's for more information. So... You know, he kind of runs off. He leaves the house finally and goes to St. Luke's to check the archives. Meanwhile, Sturgis is going to stay over for supper. (laughs) This investigator. Oh, my God. It's so hilarious. They're like uh, trying to get David to stay for supper. And uh, he's like, no, I got to go check the archives. But, you know, Inspector Sturgis will want to. And Sturgis is very interested in staying for supper. And he's also going to help them find Justin. And so anyway, he goes and uh, he ends up at the archives. David, right. Cheryl's now talking. Oh, yeah. And then her dad. I love it. David goes upstairs. He can't find Justin anywhere. He goes upstairs. Cheryl just suddenly starts talking trash about her dad. Cheryl, who we've barely seen. uh, Her dad, who we've barely seen. Mom, it'll be all right. Daddy's down there. It'll be all right. Oh, sure. Daddy's down there. He knows what to do. Daddy always knows just exactly what to do. Cheryl, don't. Especially when he wants to run lives. That's a crack-up, isn't it? He's a burnout and he's trying to run my life. Cheryl. He can't do anything right. He's a waste, Mom. A burnout. Shut your bitchy mouth! That was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> oh, so that was hilarious. the only part I liked. Oh, I'm I. That's one. You know, all the time in movies, there are lines. And I'm like, oh my god, I I just need to pull that out. All like, I I just am gonna start saying to you, shut your bitchy mouth. <laughs> oh, it's too good. It's too good. I love that. It, and and it was just this tension, like this family tension that comes out of nowhere and leads nowhere. Yeah. Like I don't know if if they were trying to suggest because this happens in other haunted house movies like right. Amityville like like the the malevolent force starts to have an effect on the people and they maybe they start lashing out in anger or doing things uncharacteristic of themselves or whatever. But if that's meant to be the suggestion, it totally falls flat because nothing nothing else comes of it. They just have this little spat and move on. It's so infrequent and it's sudden and it's melodramatic and then it's done and never spoken of again. No. But David, meanwhile, he's a... Uh, the only... Yeah, he finds he finds some old oh, book. God. You know, it's research. It's the research mode. It's so stupid. I know. He finds some old book in the church basement. No, he's just with the priest in the church basement. There are like two shelves there and the priest walks through and says, oh, here's a book I've never noticed before, I guess. Right. Oh, look, it's the Omens Malacorum or something like that. Wait, that's the book from the Spanish Inquisition. Yes, the order of exorcism, punishment by heresy, and the methods of extracting confessions. It's written in English, you see, old style. What the f***? I didn't get this at all. I know, no, it doesn't even make None any sense. None of it makes sense. It's stupid. It's just a device. It's a stupid uh, exposition device to explain what happened in the end. And so he reads in 30 seconds, you know, he immediately finds the right page. this story <laughs> of of Alondra Sherak, who was a witch, and the townspeople, like, tied her up to a giant pole, 
and uh, Drowner. And she was a witch, you know, like when they've got her, she like she uh, she speaks in this scary demon voice. And then, yeah, this is all flashback. Uh huh. And yeah, to like the 1600s or whatever. And then when they um, erect this pole that she's tied to right next to the the pond, I mean, it's probably a 10 foot beam that she's tied to. Then her face like starts con torting bladder effects on her forehead uh-huh like the demon is coming out or something so they drown her and then it just basically just says that bad shit happened to the townspeople afterwards like a bunch of people died and the priest like says some incantation says something let this cross like uh, seal you here forever as long as it stays in the pond or whatever so he tosses the cross into the pond too after her and so i think the fact that they pulled the cross out of the pond is what supposedly set her loose even though Shit was going down before they took the cross out of the pond. Just apparently it was happening at night. So, you know, she was only like... Right. Oh, it's so weird. And I don't get it. This is the Spanish Inquisition, but this is America. I, I don't have any idea what's going on. It's dumb. <laughs> I, I guess they were maybe using the methods from the Spanish Inquisition on this woman because she was a witch. It doesn't matter. It's stupid. It, there, there's really no... Okay, it's haunted. We get it. There's a witch and she's haunting this. Uh. Fine. Whatever. Okay, so meanwhile, back at the house, <laughs> the inspector... Find, I don't know. He realizes that the basement is, like, bigger than the rest of the yes. house. Or something. Yes. So, so he 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 thinks. Oh, there must be like a secret entrance or something in the ground outside. Yes. Here, let me dig in this one particular spot for five seconds. Right. Until I find this enormous secret hatch. It's an inch. It's basically like a big wooden trap door in the ground that's been covered by some straw. He he lifts it up, looks down, sees a door down there, an underground door that leads to some underground place. And is like, okay, you wait here and guard this. Closes it and decides to go into the basement and break through the wooden wall. Why don't you go through the freaking door? Just go in the door. What? I know. What are you thinking? Like Justin had gone into the basement and like clawed his way through a wall and boarded it up behind him. It made no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Oh God. Um, we 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 get we go back to David for just a second until we find out that the priest who was responsible for the witch's execution was pressed to death. In, in what? I don't know what that was. Was that supposed to be a wine press? I guess. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. <sighs> Whatever. So then we back to the inspector. He's looking for the hidden room, which he immediately finds. Eh? And it's a secret bedroom with the body of the worker who had died in the shaft. I think so. I wasn't sure. But anyway. And Arlen, the mute, is also in there. And he fights the cop, but he gets knocked out by the... Uh, inspector and gets taken away in handcuffs and we never see him again. Again, like, the, the, yeah. there's no purpose to this character at all. It's so obvious that he was just written in and they say, like, uh, I guess they rented it, they writ, they wrote him and Mary in to make it more interesting. Well, they failed because well, it's, it's not, not more interesting. interesting. <laughs> it's just confusing and stupid. Yeah. Um, then the inspector gets dragged away by the witch. The witch, by the way, is just this shadowy figure with, like, demon black arms and, and enormous, like, demon claws. You never see it. Yeah, we never see her. We just see the arm with the claws, yeah. Right, and then once there is a image that is reminiscent of, like, the box art, which is just, like, a tall, shrouded figure in silhouette. We see that one time, but that's the most uh, we ever see of yeah. this witch. And I love, during this entire ordeal, the inspector who has told George, you go upstairs and you stay up there and you don't come down. 
Like, no, I need to be with you. This is my son. No, you go upstairs. I don't know why. I don't know why George couldn't join them, you know, in their little excursion. But okay, very obedient George goes upstairs and is not going to leave his bedroom for anything. His wife is like, they're hearing all these noises and some screaming and all that. And she's like, we need to go down and see what's going on. He's like, nope, he told me not to go down. Yeah, so I don't I'm think so. Stay in this room. <laughs> so he does. So the mom goes down by herself to check stuff out. And the like the lights are flashing. And she finds her kid hanging upside down from the ceiling. And like, I don't know, he's got big, long scratches all on his face and on his torso. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I don't know. I figured he was dead because he had disappeared. But I, I admit that I was a little bit surprised because he's yeah. really young. I would say he's maybe 12 um, like prepubescent, he still got a prepubescent voice. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of surprised, but then again, you don't expect kids to die in horror movies like this. Usually not. But in this movie, I actually kind of figured because it seemed unless there was going to be some you know reversal of fortune and they were going to win, it seemed like everybody was going to die. That's what's always happened historically, according to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. So whatever, he's dead. Um, she gets somehow trapped in the kitchen, and the witch supernaturally throws her around a little bit. Mm-hmm. David arrives at the house, and like Elvira hangs out her window and says, "You're <laughs> the cross is your only hope." Okay, thanks, lady. <laughs> she closes the door. <laughs> oh, this caretaker is not doing a great job. No, it's dumb. <laughs> but he's got two cans of gasoline. I guess he thinks. He's going to burn her because I guess a combination of what Elvira said and which lore. I don't know. He's got a couple cans of gasoline, but he sets him down. He runs up into the house and he finds George, who's still just standing in a stupor. Now he's downstairs, though. And he's like, you you got to help me. Melinda, she's she's trapped in the kitchen. And he's like, OK, all right. Where is she? Well, she's over here. They open up the kitchen door. They look inside. She's not there. He says, oh, I swear she was just here. And <laughs> And then he just leaves. He, like, you could have checked the stairs to the basement. You could have checked the door that goes outside. But he's like, there's no time for this. And David runs upstairs and grabs the two girls and tries to bring them down. Just Anne. Because one of the girls... The... Well, he grabs both of them, but Cheryl hangs back. Oh, uh, that's right. That's Because right. she hears some voices or whatever. In the meantime, David gives the keys to Anne, the blonde chick, tells her... Go out the front door, get in my car, and drive away. And leave. Why? What? Shouldn't she wait for you? Like, how are you planning to leave? Right. With all these other people here. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But she can't get out the front door. So David uses the cross to blow it up. Yes. (laughs) What was that? He just just thrusts the cross out the door, and the door explodes. Like, huge explosion out. Yeah. So I guess crosses can make things blow up. I don't know. Uh, so so whatever. Anne runs out, Ugh. and then the dad finds the mom's body in a bed, and then he gets killed. The witch kills the dad by blowing up a mirror in his face. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the witch is upstairs staking Cheryl's head to the ground. <laughs> like, all of this is happening at the same time. And then uh, David like is trying. He's trying to get away. I think maybe he sees her with her head stake to the ground but then the witch appears right and so he takes off running yeah this is where she's in silhouette yeah he takes off running and he he like jumps over the banister and falls down the stairs and the cross breaks and i was like oh no yeah but i I don't know i I guess it's still okay until this moment he's able to stave her off with his cross it's like 
like she reaches her hand out towards him then he swings around with the cross and it's like ah comes back and then she kind of like goes a couple more inches and the hand comes again and he moves the cross in front of him it's like ah it's, it's so hokey well and then she the witch comes like slowly down the stairs like approaching him and it's it's very ominous and he just picks up this broken cross and like flashes it at her and she just disappears like yeah she's just gone suddenly she's not there anymore and he just thinks that everything's over. Like, oh, I did it, I guess. And so he goes he goes outside, and he opens up his van door, and Anne's dead body kind of rolls out. So I guess getting her out of the house didn't do any good. So he sets the pond on fire. He sets the pond on fire. What? I don't know what this guy's thinking. but uh, I don't either. I don't get it. But he dumps the gasoline in the pond. He sets it on fire. Suddenly, Mary shows up. We have not seen Mary for most of the movie. Suddenly she's back. Right. And I, I don't get this at all. He thinks it's done. I guess he thinks setting the pond on fire fixed everything. There was nothing dramatic about him setting the pond on fire. He just does it. Mary shows up and uh, he says, it's over, Mary. Don't worry. Uh, the witch is dead. We're safe. And she said she would have been. If the witch had been home, which, again, doesn't really make any sense. But what I read... I had no idea what was going on, even though it kind it was kind of suggested. Apparently, Mary is also the witch, like just in another form. No way. Um, no I, way. Yeah, yeah. She she is also oh. the witch, just in a different form, and so he stabs her with the cross. Does he? I thought she just took it. No, I think he stabs her with it. Wow. I think he like stabs her in the chest with it because remember the bottom of it broke, so it was sharp at the bottom. So I I could be wrong. I wasn't really paying attention. But I thought she was taking the cross and and she said, you can't kill me. And then the witch kind of like the witch's disembodied voice is screaming, you don't have the power to destroy me. And then Mary jumps into the pond. Uh, See, I thought he stabbed her and she caught on fire and fell in the pond. I thought Mary was having like a screaming conversation with the witch. Oh, I don't know. I think it's just the two voices. I think it, I think they're both the same person. It's just the voices are going back and forth. But anyway, she falls and she's like burning in the pond or whatever. And then I guess David thinks it's all over. He's just standing there. He turns around to walk away. But the witch hand comes out of the water and the witch laughs and grabs David by the leg and pulls him into the pond. And that's it. The end. Everybody's dead. We're exactly where we were at the beginning. I guess the church can send more people out next week to (laughs) renovate this house or whatever. It's stupid. Oh, what a dumb movie. I just, oh my God. Seriously, I did in a way, it felt a lot like one of these old Lucio Fulci movies that's just bonkers off the wall and a whole bunch of stuff's happening, but you don't really know what it is, but it's, at least it's like stylish and it's kind of interesting and there's some gore and there's some cool camera work and like viscerally engaging this movie is just it's not engaging i was just totally no and it was hokey it was just really really hokey and i wish i could say it was you know laugh out loud funny at parts but not really no it didn't really have a sense of humor about it yeah no it's not funny at all um and and you know i don't love the giallo films the way that you do i appreciate them for what they are but the thing that i like most about them is that there's always some sort of central mystery and and in the ones that we've seen the mystery isn't obvious in fact sometimes it seems contrived right but at least it's not obvious like it keeps you guessing there's really no mystery here there's really no intrigue at all there's a, a witch 
who kills people who come to her house. That's it. There's nothing intriguing about that. Like, I feel like maybe uh, in the hands of better filmmakers, they could have given the witch a more interesting backstory or, or given her more interesting motivations. But no, she's just pissed that she got killed in the 1600s and anybody who comes to her house is going to get up. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the only people on the property who have the knowledge to defeat her are completely uninterested in helping anyone. <laughs> well, and and Elvira, gonna... Elvira, the caretaker, has the same last name uh, as the witch. So, oh. is she supposed her like long, uh, like her great great granddaughter or something? Oh, interesting. I have no idea. I don't, I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. They no. again that that the caretaker, uh, the caretaker's son, Mary. You could have cut all of them out. They're completely unnecessary. But then again, if you did, there wouldn't be much of the movie because it's not like you get any kind... You don't get any kind of family dynamic. Like, that's the other thing. Like, with the Amityville movies... Yeah, there's a family breakdown. Yeah, and there's there's a family dynamic, and, like, you're invested in what happens to this family. And even in those movies, it's not like the families are, like, really likable or anything. In fact, they're kind of not Eh. but you're invested in their plight and what's going to happen to them and i was not invested in these people at all you don't have the time you don't have the time to get you know to care about them and you're not given anything that would make you care about them they're just a bunch of random people who show up and get picked off well once again i feel like i'm saying this a lot recently but there's no central character this isn't really told through any one person's perspective there's no one to really rally behind There's no obvious, oh, this guy's going to be, you know, maybe come in and save the day or whatever. You would think it would be David, but David's gone half the time. Yeah. I mean, he's there, but he doesn't really do anything. Like, ah. Oh, it's just a series of events, and they're not particularly interesting. I the the kills are fine. You know, they're fine. The kills are cool. They're fairly typical. Yeah. They're fine. They're fairly typical uh, of this era. The spike through the eye was pretty bloody. Also, yeah. the, as improbable as it was, you know, the supernatural blade going through the priest was pretty cool. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. Fair. But I, God, I've seen other houses haunted by a witch movies that I liked more than this. I, I think, um, I think it was Linda Blair and maybe David Hasselhoff were in a movie called like Witchery, which is about a house that's haunted by a witch. And I don't even remember much about that movie except for a couple of particularly gory scenes that have really stuck with me. Um, it was a bad movie, but at least it was interesting. I just, I can't believe that we got 50 minutes out of talking about this. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> well, we're just as disappointed as you, really. I mean, you know, I, I came into this with high hopes because it's, uh, some I just you know like you said I just can't understand it sometimes people online will go on and on about some of these films and we watch them and we're just like I don't get it well, I mean even the box art is intriguing it's artistic and it looks cool it doesn't ultimately really have anything to do I mean I guess there's the silhouetted witch but she never carries some beautiful girl down a stairwell <laughs> I don't I don't know like this is one of those we watched it so you don't have to yeah. I do not recommend wasting your time on don't this bother one. there are so many better movies that you could watch um, even you know for for the sake of being a completist you're really not missing anything yeah <laughs> this is not a notable film and it's just as well. unless I'm wrong see that's the thing you know two people requested this so there are people out there who like this movie, and I swear, I'm desperate. Contact us, 
let us know what what is it that we are not getting about because I just don't get it. Yeah, but sometimes people send us to these movies for this very reason, Craig. You know that. Like a couple That's times. That's true. Like, yeah, we sent you this movie because we also think it's terrible. You know, we want, just want to hear you talk about and it. And that's fine. Yeah, it's wonderful. We love it. Yeah, and it is fun. It is fun to talk about. It's more fun to talk about these movies for 45 minutes to an hour than it is to watch them. Sometimes yeah. they're kind of a <laughs> like, like this time, it was kind of a pain to watch. I guess the redeeming thing about the experience is at least I get to talk about it and you know, with you and mm-hmm. rip on it a little bit. If I, yeah. <laughs> if I, if it weren't for that, then I would really feel like I had wasted my time. Well, I've been curious about it for a very long time. It's disappointing, but I'm glad I satisfied that curiosity. Yeah, really disappointed I didn't find like a hidden gem. But we've hit a couple hidden gems recently that was kind of fun. Like last week's movie. Yeah, last week's movie. Was it's going to take a lot of really terrible movies to get me off the high of last week's movie. So. <laughs> Right. Yeah, fair enough. So thanks anyway. <laughs> this this movie, by the way, depending on where you live, uh, sometimes is titled Witch also. It, it's not really, well, I always say things like it's not easy to find. That's not true. It's not easy to find if you don't want to pay for it. If you don't mind pay for it, paying for it, you can find it in a lot of places. But we couldn't find it uh, streaming anywhere for free. You know, it's like a buck ninety nine on Google Play and uh, YouTube. Save your $2. <laughs> yeah. It must have recently come available because a couple years ago when I was looking for this in earnest, I couldn't even find it there. It was literally a very rare movie to find, which only intrigued me more. But yeah, don't bother. Yeah, you Save can you can rent it and buy it on various platforms. But again, don't bother. <laughs> <sighs> Well, thanks again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. Uh, you can find us just by Googling two guys in a chainsaw podcast and uh, let us know what you thought of this movie if you've seen it. We would love to hear some contrarian views. Yeah. Maybe somebody will point out something that we completely missed and we will be forever shamed. Also, consider contributing to our Patreon account. Become a patron of this podcast, get a bunch of cool goodies, uh, some more discussion that we do every month through our two mini-sodes as well as an exclusive interview and uh, the behind the scenes of this podcast, which basically must the unedited phone calls uh, that we do both the before and after we're done talking about the movie so uh, check us out at patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast until next week i'm todd and i'm craig with two guys and a chainsaw